0: Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at verse number 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. but if he forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Sermon today is gonna to be on the Lord's Prayer. We're just gonna to try to cover the first half of it, right? Uh, and then we'll cover the last half next week, Lord willing, all right? Let's pray together. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bless our time together now as we look into this amazing prayer. Lord, let us dive the depths and see the riches of this template that you gave us. Lord, I pray that you would use it to correct our hearts to bring us back on the path. Father, if there's someone here today that's never trusted you as their savior, perhaps they're trusting in their own goodness. Lord, I pray that for that person here today or that person listening to the recording, God, that you would bring them to the point where they realize that we can't save ourselves. We need you to save us. That's the purpose of your death. Lord, I pray that you would bless our time together. Help us to see these truths, apply them to our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a famous famous prayer. Many people have it memorized. And I would say that around the world, many people even pray this prayer. So the purpose of the sermon today is to find out what is the purpose of this prayer? Sometimes people pray it and they don't really know what it means, right? Other times, uh, perhaps people may even think that maybe this this prayer has more power sometimes than maybe a prayer that I come up with on my own. Um, And so this is just an opportunity for us to see what is Jesus teaching us here? Why did he give this to us? Okay, now we're talking about Jesus being our great high priest. This is the series that we're in right here. And he is our master teacher. He's teaching us about prayer, okay? Um, Now, it's interesting when we look at verse number, look at verse number nine, okay? This is where it first starts out. It says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. Now, this is a contrast, okay? The contrast is pray after this manner or Pray after this example, pray after this template. Okay, now I'm gonna show you, everybody knows this already. I'm just gonna remind us of what a template is, okay? This is Keynote that we use on the Apple computer. Okay, this is not a commercial for Apple stuff. This is just what I have right now, all right? So on all of these slides, you can take one of these and these are templates. Okay, we understand that a template, let's use this one right here. All right, so if I was gonna put this up, it's empty. Now, different templates do different things, but this is just kind of a little framework for you to build your own slide, all right? So you can put the words over here. You can make them as big or as small, uh, bigger as little as you would like to. You can take this panel and change it into a photo or a graphic or whatever you wanna do, but it's just a starting place. Okay, that's what a template is. We all know that, but I just wanted to just kind of use it as an illustration. And of course, there's a lot of different ones. Okay, and I'll just go back to the, to the original one. That's what he's teaching us here. This is a template. Okay, uh, when we're praying, we can use this to kind of help guide our prayers in the right direction. Why do, we, why do we pray? Well, we want to get answered. We want God to answer our prayer. And so Jesus is teaching us here, hey, I want you to have your prayers answered the same way that I get my prayers answered. That's what Jesus is teaching us. He's teaching this whole passage about, first he talks about almsgiving or giving generously to the poor and how that should be done. Then he gets into a passage about prayer. And then the next passage, he talks about fasting, all right? So in this little piece, he's talking about the template of prayer. Now, You say, well, I thought we were just supposed to pray the Lord's Prayer. Now, it's not wrong to pray the Lord's Prayer, but remember what he said in verse number seven. So let's look at verse number seven together. It says, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. So if he meant for us to pray this and pray this continuously over and over and over again, especially in one setting, he's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to say, pray the Lord's prayer over and over again for a half an hour in one setting, especially without completely understanding what it means. But then don't do that. He's not going to contradict himself from verse seven to verse nine. Right. And so we can see that once again. That's why he said, pray after this manner. He's like, pray like this. Okay, use this as a way to guide your prayers. So what does he teach us in the guiding of the under uh, the guiding of the prayer? He wants us to pray with the understanding, right? We were supposed to sing with understanding, worship with understanding, pray with understanding, meaning he's not giving us words that are kind of mysterious and magical and supernatural in their power. But we don't really know what they mean. Okay, now this wording is a little bit on the older side. Right. Um, And so the words may be unfamiliar But in Bible Christianity, okay, when Jesus is teaching us about prayer, he never gives us special little words that have extra zip to them. It's like, oh, here's a really special word. And if you use this word when you pray, boom, you're gonna get what you're praying for, right? He's not teaching us that. We're supposed to pray with the understanding. So again, he's guiding our prayer, all right? So let's look at it. It says in verse number Let's look at verse number eight. Be not ye therefore like unto them. He's drawing the contrast between the unbelieving Greek world really is why it's saying heathen here. The unbelieving Greek world. Remember the time period in which this was written. Okay. Be not ye therefore like unto them for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. He's saying God knows you. Before you pray, he knows you. He knows what you need. All right, so we're not sitting here trying to clang together a bunch of things to to get his attention or to draw awareness to the need. Thank God, he already knows it, okay? He already knows it. Verse nine, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. Now notice it says, you pray, pray ye, you do it, okay? Uh, We don't depend on someone else to do our praying for us. Okay, pastor, pray for me. I definitely will. But the awesome thing about Christ dying on the cross for us, he starts from the very beginning. He's like, guys, let me teach you how to pray. He's not just teaching the apostles. He's not just teaching church leadership. He's not just teaching a special few, right? Uh, Do men get more answers to prayer or women? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say anything about male or female. Guys, listen, male male and female is nothing in in, in heaven. We're going to be as the angels. And, And I'm saying that on purpose because it's important for us to realize you can pray. I can pray. Jesus says, I want you to pray and I want you to get answers to prayer. So everybody can get an answer to prayer. He's teaching all of us. He's not teaching a certain nationality. He's not teaching just just pastors or teachers or people with lots of education in their Bible. He's saying, you guys pray, okay? It's written for us. The first thing that we see when it comes to uh, the Lord's Prayer in verse number nine, it says, now we're gonna break this down. Okay, that's the purpose of this lesson. Our, our Father. We're gonna get to Father in just a minute. But the first word, our Father. Why doesn't he say, you pray my Father? When we pray, he's saying, I want you to have the understanding and the awareness that we are all praying to the same one. We're all praying to the same father. He says, this prayer should be unifying. It unites us in a common faith. There's not a special God or a special goddess or a special spirit pal that we all pray to or a special saint. He's saying, You pray to the Father. We are all praying. Listen, the same God that I'm praying to is the same God that Jesus prayed to. The same God that I'm praying to is the same God that you're praying to. So you know what? This kind of start like immediately kind of puts pride and I'm super special, kind of puts that off to the side. Well, God listens to me because, no, no, no. He listens to anybody who comes to him. He listens. He comes. He listens to anybody who comes to him in the right way, humbly. Right, our Father. The same. The same. This. This. I got to get this fixed. This. This cord is is like my, you know, the little puppet cord thing. It's like the Woody. The Woody uh, on the toy. That's my anyway. Um. There's not a special God for each person. We're all praying to the same person. When I'm praying to God, it's the same God that Abraham prayed to. So if I'm looking back and I'm reading about Abraham and it's like, well, I mean, he just talked to God and he prayed to God and God answered his prayer. There's stories in the Bible for a reason to encourage me that it's our father. And if David can pray and David can get answers to prayer, then I can too. There's not a super special God for David and there's not a super special, there's not a whole nother compartment for super saints and God listens to them and no, 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 no. No, he's saying, you pray, we can pray together. John 14 and verse number six, I can read these verses. You can turn there if you like, but John 14 and verse number six says, John 14 and verse six, and Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Jesus is teaching us that when we come to the Father and we, it's in context, is talking about going to heaven to where the Father is, right? But we can also see that in prayer as well. We're coming to the Father um, through Jesus Christ. He says in verse number seven, If he had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father and it sufficeth us. He's saying one of his disciples for three and a half years seen Jesus and he's saying, Jesus, show us God the father and then we'll be satisfied. Listen, I love Jesus's answer. He says, if you want, if you want to connect to the father, you have to believe in me. I am the way to the father. <laughs> I am the truth. What truth are we looking for in prayer? Jesus is the truth. Jesus, we have to trust Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives us entrance into the throne room of God the Father, okay? Um, And then he says in verse 10, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. We have to have a time. It's like, well, I believe in Jesus. There's an intellectual belief. We look at the evidence. Maybe we've grown up in church and we, and we accept that it's true, okay? That's not belief. That's just an intellectual, um, that's just an intellectual, I've intellectually accepted it, right? And it's not an acceptance of a religion, Well, I accept that I am this religion or I follow that religion. That's not that's not what he's talking about. When he's saying I am the way and you have to come through me to get to the father, he's saying, yes, you have to intellectually understand a basic some basic things about the gospel. But you have to you have to place your faith and trust in me. Right. We have to come to Christ and say, without you, I'm a sinner. I'm not praying in order to continually get myself cleaned up so that I will go to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way. (laughs) I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. That's what Jesus said. So I have to first accept Christ as my Savior. Have you done that? Has there been a time in your life, oh, I've always believed in Jesus. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about accepting him as Historical thing or as a religious person, but where you have taken your faith, everybody in here, if I was to ask you, why do you think you're going to heaven? You would have a reason. Well, I think I'm probably because trusting Christ is saying, I have given all of my faith and trust over to Jesus Christ. If I go to hell, it's his fault. Oh, I can't believe you'd say that. No, it takes that much. You've got to completely, it's all there. You're not reserving anything back on, well, I'm a pretty good person too because that's not faith and trust. You're still trusting yourself. When someone jumps out of an airplane, they always have two parachutes. Thank God. They've got the main parachute that's really supposed to open up and they look up, oh, it's not working. Ah, oh, it's not working. And they do a couple of things. It's not working. It's not working. And then they rip away and it's gone. Then you have the reserve chute. The second one right? The second one. And it's like, oh, thank God for that second one. And then you pull it and poof, there it is. Saved. The first one didn't work. The problem, guys, is a lot of times people look at Jesus like he's the first one, but they've always got a second one. Would, Jesus is probably mostly going to work and get me to heaven. I mean, I believe in him and and, and, he's, and he's awesome and I, and I believe, but I've also been baptized. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, I've, I've gone to church. I mean, I know the Bible, I read the Bible. I mean, in this world, how many people read the Bible? I mean, surely God is going to look and say, well, you trust in Jesus, but also look, wow, look at this. I mean, you're pretty good. You're a good person, good family person. You don't, you don't steal, you've never been in jail. I mean, people come up with some funny lists. Trusting in Jesus Christ is saying, uh, yeah, I don't have anything that's a backup. That's really when you get saved. That's really when you're born again. And that moment when you turn your back on the backup, that's called repentance. That's what that means. Repentance is, is a change of mind. It's like, I'm going to heaven because I've got all this stuff and Jesus. And, and repentance is I'm turning my back on all that. It's only Jesus Christ. And that's a moment. Thank God it's a moment. He died once. So we trust him once. Once. It's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. That's what it says in Hebrews 9. So we trust him once. You say, well, pastor, I've been having problems getting my prayers answered. Have you trusted Christ as your savior? That's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. Now we come back to the Lord's prayer and it says here, our father, now, this is what Jesus is teaching us how to approach God. He doesn't say, my God. Now, it's not wrong to say that. But again, he's teaching us the template to pray. The attitude of prayer is how, do, how did Jesus reveal God to us? How did he primarily want us to think of him? Did he primarily want us to think of the first thought, the kind of the continual thought in Christianity, did he want us to say, dear judge, dear judge of the universe? Oh, thank goodness. No, that's not what he said, right? He didn't say, dear creator, creator of the universe, is it wrong to address God in this way? No, but that's not the template. Jesus came to reveal God as our father. Father. Now, we may not have any kind of a relationship. This is genius, by the way. <laughs> I love it when you see, man, that's genius. Look what God did in there. We, we can't always relate to a judge. How many of us have actually seen one in person? How many of us has dealt with one? And generally, when you deal with a judge, it's not a positive experience, right? A creator, right? Uh, well, I mean, ugh, how, do, how, do you, how do you connect with that? but we all have had a father. Now I'll get into positives and negatives of that in just a moment, but we all have a reference point. That's the genius of this template for prayer. When we come to God, we need to see ourselves as a child coming to the father. Well, you don't know my dad. Well, that's, that, that may be true, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But the thing is, is that we all have a reference point. We all have a reference point. God fathered us in the sense he's the father of lights, right? He's the, he's the, he is the creator. We are all here because he is, right? Um, A.W. Tozer was a powerful man of God uh, many years ago. He said this statement, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into your mind when you think about God? Is he somebody to be avoided? Is he somebody to just be deathly afraid of? Uh, this actually also teaches us a lot about being a father to children. right? It's important for me, with God's help, to be the best father that I can be because that's going to be the reference point of my children towards God the Father. Their first thought of God is generally going to be, the way they look at their earthly father. So that's a big responsibility on my part, is to be a good reflection of God the Father, to learn from him and to depend on him. But what is is what what is it that we first think about when we think about God? Jesus is teaching us, I want you to think about him like a father. We all have a father, someone we can relate to. Some of us may have had really good fathers. Now, there's there's only one perfect father. That's God, our father, which art in heaven. He's the only one that's perfect, okay? But you may have had a good father. He had perhaps more better qualities than, than not so good qualities. Now, for you, maybe it's the opposite. But the thing is, is that for every one of us, thank God, we have the record of God the father, We need to come to the Bible and realize this is who God is. This is who I pray to. The Bible teaches me who God really is. And sometimes we can really struggle in Christianity, guys, because we really draw the line too much towards the heavenly father and our father, whether that be good or bad. The thing is, is that my father was a great dad. He was, but he wasn't perfect. And I try to be a great dad but I'm not going to be perfect. Impossible. I'm a human being. And so every single one of us, regardless of our point of reference to your father, maybe your father was super strict. Maybe he was really distant. Maybe he passed away and you didn't know him at all. Maybe he was abusive. Maybe verbally, physically. Maybe he was really, really selfish. Maybe he struggled with addictions. I don't know. And I'm not necessarily asking But the thing is, is that when we pray to God, we need to make sure that we allow God himself to teach us about himself from the word of God and says, no, 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 no. That reference point, that earthly father, some good, some bad. But really, this is who I am. This is who I am. If, If I'm primarily looking at God as if he's this abusive person, why would I pray to him and ask him for anything? I'm just going to do it by myself. Or maybe I think, man, I had this great dad and he never told me no one time ever. So that means when I go to God, the father, hey, how's it going? buddies? fist bump. Yeah. Hey, I want this. I want this. I want that. Does that work with God? No, he's not Santa Claus. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Right. But that's not the way it works. Listen, when we come to him, he is. The heavenly Father, but He's perfect. We can get an attitude about God sometimes. Maybe it's the reference point you have with your own father, or maybe it's a, a reference point of what you think a father should be. But we've got to understand, as Scripture says, He is the good Father. He's the perfect Father, our Father heard a story of uh, a medical doctor in the emergency room who saw uh, a friend of his, another doctor was treating this small child who came in, had second and third degree burns. And the story was the mother was cooking in the kitchen. The child wanted to help. And the mother initially said no. You're not going to help me. It's too dangerous. The stove is hot and there are knives up here. But the child just insisted. And instead of just being the adult, being a good mother and saying, no, I know better. You can't help me. You'll get hurt. You can help me do something different later. Right. And just teaching your child that she allowed her child to push her into it through her screaming so she put her up on the counter and while she turned her back the daughter reached her hand in to something cooking and got second and third degree burns the medical doctor's friend who was treating this little girl later said that's child abuse child abuse is not just overcorrection Child abuse is also under correction. Can I tell you something? God the Father is perfect. When we pray and ask Him something, He is the good, good Father. He knows what is right. Listen, He knows what's right for you, but don't forget that first word our. He also knows if I pray for this and I get this. He also knows if that, how that is going to impact other people. And sometimes he doesn't answer things because he knows, I see the bigger picture here. It's not going to impact other people as well, or maybe it's not going to impact your future as well. And sometimes we can be screaming and crying to get up on the counter and God's like, no, no. Remember, I'm the good father, our father. One last point. our father which art in heaven our father which art in heaven he's above us all look at think about his position now the russians made a statement this isn't a direct quote but you can look it up it's it's a famous thing they're the first ones that made it into space right the americans made it to the moon first but the russians made it to space first one of the famous statements of the Russian cosmonauts was when they got out into space, they looked around and says, I don't see God, right, in their atheistic belief system. But guys, here's the thing. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Where is heaven? I don't know. But it's not here. <laughs> right? Right? Our Father, which art in heaven, He's above us. Positionally, He is above us. We need to understand that when we are praying to God, He is is above us. He can see all. He is eternal. He is spiritual. He's not like our earthly fathers. He's not like ancestors or saints. God never tells us to pray to saints, God never tells us to pray to ancestors. God never tells us to pray to anybody but him through Jesus Christ. Let me uh, visit one more verse and then we'll finish up here. This verse we talked about last week and it's found in 2 Timothy 1 Timothy, sorry, First Timothy 2 and verse number five says this, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. What's the mediator? The mediator is the go-between, right? Anything that I need that goes between me and God is unnecessary. If I have, if I have Jesus Christ, if I've trusted Christ as my savior, he's all that I need. When I come to God, I come to him through Jesus Christ. I've had my sins forgiven. Anyone who's trusted Christ as their savior, their sins are forgiven. We come before him and we come before our heavenly father who is in heaven. I don't have to have anything special. I don't have to have any kind of religious furniture. I don't have to have a special temple. I don't have to have a special place. When we pray, do we have to point ourselves in a certain direction? No what do I need? I need Jesus. Amen. All I need is Jesus Christ. I don't have to have any kind of special jewelry or any kind of special anything. Many, many, many religions say you have to have God, whatever they may call him. You have to have these saints or ancestors or goddesses or dinny gods, And they've got a whole collection of these. You've got to have all, there's a whole big system. And yet when Jesus teaches us about how to get prayers answered, he says, let me give you a simple, thank God for simple. Let me give you a simple template. It's not magical words. We don't have to have precise words. We don't have to have them memorized. We have to speak honestly from our heart. We have to come to him in reverence and humility, recognizing, hey, when I'm praying, God is going to funnel this down and say, this is not just about you. The other people are gonna be impacted by this prayer. We have to keep that in mind. Think of Him primarily as the heavenly father, the father who is in heaven. He's above all, he's eternal. Listen, he doesn't have to answer your prayer just today. He can answer it and he can know he's gonna answer it in tomorrow because he dwells outside of time. We have an amazing heavenly father and we can trust him and all we need to access him is Jesus Christ. Everybody bow your heads, please, and close your eyes.